You're listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine. And after a scheduling snafu, we have two episodes releasing in one week. Much like Macbeth and Harry Potter. This week we are Double Double Toil and Trouble. My name is Nathan and I am joined by my co-host Jonathan Cohn. We will be discussing the brand new episode of The Mandalorian entitled The Foundling, the 20th installment of the year. It has an interesting double meaning, of course, as we expected. It was written with the help of Dave Filoni. Co-written, of course, John and Dave wrote this together. I believe the first episode this season they both did. And directed by Carl Weathers, Apollo himself. Uh, very, very good. Uh, of course, we will be talking about uh, that cameo as well. So, red alert. There will be spoilers here. Anyway, Jonathan, <laughs> what did you think of... What did you think of this episode of Mandalorian? First of all, thank you. Everyone, I wrote that, so I'm really glad that he went in all in on it. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. I appreciate that. Because um, <laughs> some, sometimes you read it and you're like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we write intros. We take turns. But yeah, right. that was good. I liked it. Thank you. So, Star um, Wars fans, Star Trek fans, we're friends. Oh, we, yeah. we, we help each other. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, I, I enjoyed this episode. It's not a favorite, but I, it's a very, it's a very enjoyable episode and some people call mm-hmm. them filler, but I'm like, it's entertaining. So I'm, I'm entertained and it's still revealing information that we need to know. So I liked that in it. Um, I of course loved the flashbacks. How could you not? Um, uh, mm. although it is interesting that I'm watching three major shows that are releasing weekly. I'm watching, of course, Mandalorian, Bad Batch, and the new Star Trek show for Picard. And interestingly enough, Mandalorian is the weakest of the three, but I still love it. So that just shows how strong the uh, the shows are. But no, I I really liked this one. Um, I think the uh, I think you would agree that the Bad Batch episode is better this week. Um, but it's mm. still, but they're both. I think they're both still tremendous episodes. Yeah, I enjoyed Bad Batch uh, a whole lot. Um, I think it's coming to a head with its kind of, you know, really the culmination of the crosshair. Um, especially, I really enjoyed seeing the Batch kind of, you know, getting to find out that he turned and the reaction to the type of thing. Like, yeah. Um, asking themselves if he really turned or if it's just a trick again, that type of thing. And, you know, the more we see of... of um, you know the the facility there, which I think isn't the final episode. So this episode of Bad Batch was called Tipping Point. Yeah. The next episode is called The Summit. So I presume they're gonna spend a lot of time at the summit. Yeah. Um, and maybe a possible rescue incoming. But yeah, it was it was overall a great episode. It wasn't just Crosshair, even though some of the best episodes have been just Crosshair. Mm-hmm. This time we got like a little bit of everything. So really well-rounded episode of Bad Batch. Yep. Um, and, you know, in terms of like the more annoying aspects of Bad Batch, there was none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the more childish sometimes things. Yeah. So um, and Return of Hauser. 
yeah. other clones that we love. Of course, Echo. As we've been talking about, we wanted to see Echo again. Um, we got, uh, we got, uh, instead of the Imperial March, we got the Imperial Mar. Because yes. they cut off the last, the, we just got bum, I'm, I'm sorry, bum, can we bum, just bum, adore Kevin Tyner's <laughs> music? When we watched that live, it was your reaction was like, holy crap. And I was like, yeah, we're immediately going to rewind this. Um, how great is Kevin Kiner doing right now? Like, Oh, man. Is he finally, when is he, what is he going to do to prove himself worthy of getting one of these live action Star Wars shows? Yeah. There's the uh, there, there's the meme of SpongeBob where he's pointing at stuff and Patrick doesn't believe him, so he points at something even bigger and then he keeps pointing at something bigger. It's like, look at Kevin Kiner's Clone Wars. Nope, don't believe it. Look at his Rebel score. Nope, don't believe it. Look at his Bad Batch score. It's like, come on, guys, give it, give it to him. I, I'm almost a little bit sad because I don't want to say that I'm disappointed in the Mandalorian score. But Ludwig Gorison set the bar so incredibly high mm-hmm. with not only just a, a new type of music for Star Wars, but just excellence in every way because yep. he did do cinematic, you know, opera style scores. The same as John Williams, and he just incorporated all this cool new stuff too. And <laughs> eh, it's not been the same without him he- helming the project, even though it's been the same themes and. Yeah. It's it's all been fine, but this just hasn't had the the grata, gravitas or any of those you know. So that's my opinion. Is is Kevin Kiner? He really understands his element so well, and I I would I would argue probably that there's a huge difference of his level of comfort, and that's why he's so good at writing for these animated shows. He knows yeah. exactly what to do. He's done it for so long. Uh, you do a job as long as he has in anything. You're gonna really really learn what to do successfully. Um, and he's and, starting but, to give a know, lot of it could, to his sons. His two sons are really taking mm. over a lot. Um, uh, so I, I'm, a, I'm liking their music too. We could probably sit here and praise his, I know you loved so much his Cad Bane music and we could oh, sit there and adore okay. it and talk about how, you know, he should have been brought in or, you know, this or that or that. You know, it's kind of like, almost reminds me of the Dave's discussion. Like, why didn't they just bring Dave in? He would be like, guys, you know, if if he was brought in in the sequel trilogy right, anyway, right. Dave Filoni, he could have been like, guys, you can't do that because this. You can't do this because this. You know, these are the rules and you broke them here and let's figure it out. Um, and then they learned their lesson and now Dave's there and he's doing, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, I mean, obviously they have the story group, but I, I envision him similarly. It's, it feels like the Kevin Kiner conversation could be somewhere you know, right. in there. Um, but who, who who's to tell? So... Other good stuff about that Bad Batch um, uh, episode, you know, I'm... I'm Mount Tantus! Woo! Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... Now, what... Tell, tell, tell everybody, just remind them where that has appeared before. Things that you're super excited about. It originally uh, showed up in the Heir to the Empire trilogy, or the as it's commonly known, the Thrawn trilogy. Um, the uh, the OG <clears throat> Legends one it was a major <clears throat> major part of that trilogy, particularly books one and three. Um, it is where the clone Jedi were that uh, they made, uh, and so <clears throat> there are other things that I want to spoil because I want you to read that trilogy one day. Um, <laughs> but but it's 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 a it's a cloning facility, which is what they're using it here. Uh, they're using it for slightly different purposes, but it's still a cloning facility. 
um, this time for the Empire. And uh, in, in Bad Batch, it's being used uh, as, as the place where they're researching and torturing um, uh, Crosshair. And the torture sequence, man, was that hard to watch, but it was so expertly oh, yeah. executed. Like, you jaw just enough to be horribly creeped out, but you don't actually yeah. see uh, the horrifying nature of it. And you think to yourself, you know, is even Crosshair capable of breaking? And Yeah. You know, uh, I think, back to A New Hope, they really just implied, right. you know, the torture. It wasn't shown to this degree, not mm-hmm. near as much. And wow... To think that, you know, Leia went through that and then still had the gumption to, you know, blow a hole in a garbage chute and jump down there. She was ready to go. She wasn't d- deterred at all. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but again, then again, you know, maybe the maximum dosage and, and Crosshair, I, I, you know, it's, it's for a kid's show. It's very, it's very serious what they right. did. Um, we get a little bit of an appearance from Senator Chuchi. That was nice to have Jennifer Hale's yeah. voice back. Yeah. Um, just uh, <clears throat> small stuff like that. A um, little bit of Omega's piloting stuff. I like the bonding that she's done with Tech. Uh, I like their their sort of jokes in between them, and it's neat all of the kind of little fatherly relationships we ha- she has with each of her technical brothers. Um, so yeah, overall, I would say really good Bad Batch episode. Probably eight and a half or nine for me yeah. out of ten. Yeah, somewhere um, in there. It's not like it's not a masterpiece as much as some of <laughs> the earlier earlier episodes. I still I feel, still think episode three, three was really 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 good. Yep, yep. And then and then the, the of course a couple of episodes ago we get the outpost. Yeah. Um, that was also that was also better. Seven and eight were really good. Probably about as good mm. as this. Um, somewhere in that same range. So yep. if you're if you're sleeping on Bad Batch, like don't man. It's it's maybe worth skipping some of this filler, but. Yeah, it's like like Trent said, his wife was she was like putting her phone down. I mean, what else can you say as people who are not, you know, expecting to be so brought in? You know, it isn't that a, a great praise? Yeah, I've I've always said Bad Batch, it has lower lows than the live action. But I think when it hits its highs, that some of its highs are higher than a lot of the live action <clears throat> stuff. So mm. it's really well worth it. But we do need to get to our actual topic sure. for the episode. <laughs> well, we're done talking about Bad Batch, so 10 minutes in, and that's not fine. We'll spend the rest of it talking about Mando, which is why most people are really here. Um, yeah, this is a, a a very interesting episode. What do you think you would have said if this episode had been placed in Season 1? I would have fit well in Season 1, I think, except for except for the inclusion of Bo-Katan. Take out Bo-Katan, right. even take out Grogu, but specifically take out Bo-Katan. This would have fit mm-hmm. well in season one, but it also fits well in season three. Um, would it have been way more well-received in season one? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, because season one was slower and it was less, um, for lack of a better word, like member berries designed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was more just, oh, this is cool that like they, they start live action Star Wars. And then once we got season mm-hmm. two, they raised the bar so much and they set the expectations of new characters and references and member berries and stuff like <clears throat> that, that it mm-hmm. set such high expectations that book, 
that, that by the time you got to Book of Boba Fett and um, uh, Mando season three, people are like, it's a big disappointment. Well, no, it's great Star Wars. It's just that you're comparing it to a really, really high that we had. So, yeah, I, th- I think it would have been better had it come out during season one. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's some of that. I also think season one was written a little more tightly in, in the narrative perspective, mm-hmm. but we don't know where this is going yet. Um, the good parts of this episode, I think, you know, they do revolve around kind of that, you know, development of Bo with the watch. She's, as I expected, really kind of surprisingly embracing it and liking the chance to prove herself and, you know, seeing seeing this side of the watch is really, I think, absolutely preparing her for leadership, um, to to be understanding, to have gained their respect. Um, maybe maybe not to be the Mandalore. Maybe that's Din Djarin's role, but it's definitely making the re the watchers like like me come around and say, "Gosh, I kind of like her." You know, she's mm-hmm. she would be a good leader, um, but maybe she just wasn't the the leader. She wasn't ready to be the leader when Moff Gideon took the saber. Um, maybe she wasn't ready yet, and now she will be. And I, I, I went back, and I was looking at IMDb. I was looking at Katie Sackhoff's um, career, and I was very interested to see just how few episodes of The Clone Wars she's actually in. She is mm. not in that many, as many, and she's only in two episodes of Rebels, and they were back-to-back episodes, and they were, honestly, not that good. Um, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, so it is funny when I go back and the episode she's introduced in, she doesn't even get a name. All she has is just a few minor comments. And they got Katie Sackhoff. And that's the only episode in the entire season. That was season four. And then that was the episode where uh, Ahsoka and um, the guy she kind of flirts with, um, uh, for, uh, Lux Bonteri, uh that's the episode where they, you know, go to try to join the the man, the the Death Watch, and it doesn't exactly work out. Um, mm. And then in season five, she actually became a character. She had about three or four episodes, and that, and then of course she had her episodes in season seven of Clone Wars. Um, but we all. Uh, uh, really, you know, it, she, she really came into prominence in, in Mandalorian. So it is interesting that she's actually coming mm-hmm. up on ha- being in more episodes of Mandalorian than she was of yeah. uh, the animated shows. That's a great observation there, Jonathan. Um, yeah, I wonder she'll probably be more known for this role oh, for in sure. live action at some point uh, than, than the, the animated version. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of questions. Um, do you, uh, as I do, kind of see Grogu's development here as uh, them getting him closer and closer to growing up or learning to speak, some of that stuff? Like we see the whole scene of him facing this other uh, child yep. and with the dart launcher, obviously, you know, there was this whole conversation about he's too young, I'm his, you know, I'm his father or his what is it? his charge? You know, so he's he's good to go. Um, yeah. What as the you know as the show changes, we've got to get rid of Gr- Baby Grogu. Yeah. So where do you see that going? 
Is that is that on the horizon? It should be. The actions that baby that Grogu is doing, the um uh the the the, the level of force userness, the level of critical thinking that Grogu is using is on a level that a child, not, like not just a baby, but like a child should have at minimum, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so he should be at least talking. <clears throat> maybe, maybe in, you know, kid, kid, kid talk, but he should be talking. But I understand from Lucasfilm's side, it is so profitable for them to keep him as Baby Yoda, to keep him as the baby. Um, uh, it is so profitable for them. So they re- they're thinking, let's keep as much. Because as soon as they upgrade him to, to a, like a child status, the toy sales, I think, are going to plummet. Um, hmm. uh, and maybe well, I'm it's, wrong. It's a risk. If they get it wrong, then yes. But, yeah. but even, if, if, they they get get it, it even right. if they get it right, people are attracted to the, the, the baby quality that he has. And without that baby quality, I don't think that the cuteness factor will affect people. Even though the look will stay the same, I do think that it would affect the, 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 the ancillary markets. So maybe I think it's... the look has to change a little bit. And partially, I, I say the main thing is the eyes. Yeah. Have you, have yeah, you the eyes his still Yoda's look, eyes? Yeah, the, the eyes still look kind of babyish and really look babyish in the, uh, the flashbacks. Yeah, as his eyes start to get a little smaller, he will become, I think, more and more intelligent, mm-hmm. or it'll show that intelligence. But how cute will it be for him to to say, uh, "Daddy," you know, <laughs> to 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 Din or somebody like that, or you know, you or know, mommy to Kara, Aunt Kara. Oh wait, she's gone. Oh, I can't with see special Aunt forces Kara anymore. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's a special forces. Just go to the Daily Wire. You can watch her there, Gogu. Right. Um, so, <laughs> um, the thing, the thing about the risk is, I think that they could potentially uh, be more successful or just as successful with the growth. But it's a huge risk, as you pointed out. Like so, if they do this, where they try and keep him in the child stage, it's gonna mm-hmm. wear all the fans out and mm-hmm. go. Okay, it's really one note. And we were already a little bit there. Yeah, we're, we're and we knew to get that there. we we knew that at the end of season two, we were mm-hmm. already thinking that's why we really need his training with Luke, and we need him to come away from that differently. Um, so I, I really hope to see his his evolution happen a little more quickly. Uh, and I'm sure that a lot of thought went into that. I almost wish that I could just ask Dave Foley, I'm like, hey, you know, is there stuff that you in the back of your head really, you know, you you can't tell us obviously. But stuff that you did yourself with you and just John sitting in a room and you've got this plan for Grogu and you've done you've done the artwork yourself for like what he's going to be like as slightly older that can talk that can that can do this. And you guys, you know, you get y'all keep that in some hidden safe somewhere, like some of these special notes and like, you know, concept art. Uh, And he could just be like, well, you know, I can't tell you that. But yes, (laughs) like one one thing I'm thinking of is. Um, you know, season one, they worked so hard to keep Baby Yoda a secret, and they the secret held. Baby Yoda yeah. did not leak until the first episode dropped on Disney Plus. Then you look at season two, 
what was the big reveal? I mean, everyone knew Ahsoka was coming. Everyone yeah. knew Bo-Katan was coming. But they well, held... no, no. But we yeah, knew. We, the, the, yeah, we knew. Um, but we They did, held that Luke secret. They held that Luke life. secret up until the end. Like, and the cast didn't know. The cast know? didn't even know. <laughs> right. And so it makes me wonder, do they have that type of thing? I don't... I, I just... For this season, I just don't know. And if they don't, this is... It's going to be difficult to have the discourse around this season positively because everyone's going to mm-hmm. say, well, it doesn't have the, that thing that, that, that shocked us. That really... Like, the, the, the surprise here of, uh, uh, of uh, Ahmed Best returning is, as Keller and Beck, is a good reveal... But it's and it and it and that didn't leak, but it's not on the same level. No. So it doesn't work not, like not that. Not nearly. No. Had he returned as Jar Jar, it would have been more on that level. Yeah. The things that we're expecting are Moff Gideon come back and yeah. uh, a tease of Thrawn. So we feel like we're going to get those two somewhere this season in yeah. the next four episodes. What else could we get? You know. Something with Luke, something with Han Solo or Leia, something with another character we haven't seen. Yeah. Coran Horn, Kyle Katarn, you know, the, the list goes on of legacy, right. you know, characters. But I don't know. I, maybe they bring in too many. Maybe, you know, by bringing in so many, they go, uh, let's, let's focus on a really good story right. with these. And there isn't going to be that moment this season. Who knows? Um, but you're right. It's going to be hard to top. And I think that's a little bit of what we all felt was that season three might struggle with its footing. Um, <clears throat> in e- even though I really, really loved season two and a half, the two episodes, right. you know, mm-hmm. those were really great. They didn't fit where they were, but they were really great. Um, yeah. So let's talk about some of this stuff with um, – the flashback because yeah. that happens earlier in the episode. I love the, I really, really love Emily Swallow's performance. She's just, she's wise. She, she's just totally mentors Grogu here. Mm-hmm. And, and in such a way that he's able to kind of flashback through the force to like some of these memories, really, really cool stuff. And one of the coolest things you've already brought out, uh, if you just want to do the quick talk about that moment, yeah, so uh, they say get get Grogu once they once they start the flashbacks, which are really well done because they kind of mimic Mando's flashbacks in season one when they're having the <laughs> when 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 they're uh, doing the forging, which is again why this episode might have worked in season one. Um, mm-hmm. But they keep saying yep. get uh, get get him to to Kellerman. And I spent the whole say, time thinking, I know that name from somewhere. Why do I know that name from somewhere? And then uh, Grogu is the only one who makes it. And then all of a sudden the door is open and you see Ahmed Best. And I was like, oh, oh. And uh, I, thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was really cool because I remember him from the Jedi Temple Challenge uh, show that they did, which was an interesting show because they shot it originally to put it on Disney Plus when it launched. And then after they shot it, they saw that it was not high quality. And so they decided to dump it on the Disney Kids channel. Not even the Disney channel um, uh, on YouTube. The Disney Kids channel on YouTube. 
<laughs> so they really buried it um, yeah. uh, at the time because it was not a great quality. It looked it looked like a cheap show you'd see on like E Network or you know those. Those really cheap networks you only see when you're flipping through channels and you wanna uh, and you're sick at home during the day. It looked like one of oh, those. Were you sick at home at the day today? No, but uh, okay. <laughs> but you know those you know those types of, of channels that you just kind of happen to happen upon. I am old enough to know. Yes, I do know those channels. Okay, so I don't think that people know those channels now, kids. They don't. Like right, that. but that's the type of thing. That this show was so people really did not. So this is this is like the perfect definition of a deep cut. Like like a lot of people figured out he was uh, Ahmed Best, but a lot of people didn't know that he was already in the Star Wars universe. And right. seeing him do the stunt work in this episode was great. Um, uh, flying around Coruscant was really cool. That shot of the temple, oh my goodness! And then seeing the yeah. Naboo, seeing the Naboo starfighter. When I first saw it, I thought, oh, my goodness, are we about to see Padme? Are we about to yeah, see Padme? We didn't. And I also thought later on, wait, that doesn't, that, doesn't make, that doesn't make timeline sense for her to be there right now. Right. Um, then again, but I still, I had that, oh, my goodness, is Padme going to be there? Uh, so it did ignite <laughs> that in me. And maybe we will. Maybe we will see Padme. Maybe that's the big reveal in a flashback. We'll see Padme or something. Um, mm. But who knows? Yeah, but who knows? It could be, I guess, other than Ahsoka, like Anakin's Force Ghost, some Hayden Christensen. But I feel like that's probably in the Ahsoka show. Yeah, so. yeah, that's not gonna be um, that's not gonna be here. But uh, yeah. so I I loved it. I thought it was well done. Um, I'm glad for Ahmed. Let Best. me give. So me and you had different takes on some of this. Yeah, I'll give I'll give my two negatives. Um, <clears throat> the first negative is, and I feel like Dave's gonna fall on the on the sword for this one. We've gotten a whole lot of Order 66 flashbacks. Yeah. And we've got them in, you know, kind of such a recurring manner that it is becoming one note. And they need to be careful with that. So even though I really enjoyed it, we've gotten so many. Um, and I'm not just talking about in Fallen Order, because that's a whole different medium. But the show itself has done Order 66 flashbacks before. And maybe because Bad Batch is also and Kenobi sixty six. It's just a lot. Yeah, Kenobi did. Yep, yep. Although so I will yeah. say, I think Kenobi is my favorite one that we've seen so far because of that <clears throat> steady cam shot. Hmm, that's possible. Here's my thought about this scene, though, and you disagreed with me, but I thought, and you can give your reasoning. I thought it needed some comedy. I thought, you know, I thought <laughs> it would have felt more like George. Had um, Sebulba written by you know you know oh, as Ahmed oh, best right. characters you know flies past him and then and he like nearly bumps into Sebulba and he's like poodle you know right. something yeah. a moment like that it would feel much more like George wrote it but you think and your reasoning to me was well you know they didn't want to have a jokey moment because obviously you know the connections with Jar Jar okay. was so jokey yeah so my opinion was it needed that and your opinion is it was good without it. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I think they like, I, I see why you think it was needed and I would have been <clears throat> fine if they had done that, but this is an example of, they needed to be very careful. This is, this is not for the story reason. This is for the person they needed to, to they needed to be careful with how they treated on med best because they needed him to have a good experience here. They could not have mm. 
another. They could not have the fandom turn on him it wasn't again. Going to. It wasn't going to, but they were being very careful, and I think that is a, a the wise move. Because um, uh, with with P, with all the PR stuff <clears throat> happening at Lucasfilm, they do not need another actor who gets bullied by fandom, and they don't need another actor who is. Um, dealing with stuff and they don't need the fandom to be divided again and with the way it happened I have not seen anyone uh, online uh, spin like this is the stupidest thing ever or, or we hate Ahmed Best or it still doesn't work or anything like that like nobody's complaining about it or, or, or really well there, there are people who uh, and they're kind of actually making stupid part points like why isn't it Ahsoka I'm like well because She's on Mandalore right now. Right. Um, why? Like, why isn't it like Mace Windu? Well, he is technically still dead. We don't have confirmation yeah. he's alive. Like, right. the, why those is it not things. this character? This character. But they're not. Like, but they're guys, not. They're not as nearly as bad as they could have been. And I think that they needed <clears> to be very careful with this to give Ahmed Best a good experience for him and also for them. So that, I understand why they they did it the way that they did. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I think it would have been more fun the other way. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like um, remember during Voyager, Jane Wayne never has a serious romantic interest in the Voyager series, even though the fans were like, put her with Chakotay. That's like the best pairing. And the fans were like, give her to Chakotay and get, like put them, put them together. And the thing was the the Trek for one, it was uh, the, the actress was against it. Um, Kate Mulgrew was against mm-hmm. it. But the secondary reason was the Star Trek writers wanted to be very careful with their first female captain that they did not do anything to cause controversy. They wanted to be very they were they were walking on eggshells when they were writing her. They they had to be mm-hmm. very careful. This is a similar situation. Not because, you know, not because of any th- reason like that, like because I'm at best as black or anything, but just because of the way he's been treated before. So <clears throat> Back in the cave, Armor is telling <clears throat> Grogu it's customary about donating um, to the foundlings mm-hmm. and that she has his next piece of armor. It's a rondel, and this thing is huge. This yeah. thing is way too big for him right now. Are we <laughs> are we assuming that he's going to grow into it? Or it's like, well, you're you're really too small for... <laughs> Like a set of armor chest, you know, type things. Right. So we'll just give you this. It's, Even at full know, size, Grogu's going to be too it. small. Yeah, it looks it looks quite odd. I, I have to trust that they've got their plan right, but it looks to me not very good. Yeah, um, I like the Mudhorn stuff, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, it it feels like they should have given him a different piece of armor. Yeah, to my in my opinion. <clears throat> um, okay, holy crap. Do you not love seeing Bo-Katan's ship every chance you get? <laughs> yes. It's I, it the is. coolest ship. It it's is. so awesome. It's, yeah. Now, how they got seeing those three them... creatures on there, I don't know. <laughs> Space-wise, <laughs> don't know. that's a, like, a, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. But it's like, I don't need to know that. That's not, don't, 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 don't get too Maybe. much into the math on that. <laughs> Maybe it's like a, a little bit of a sequel trend to have the spaceships flying kind of in the with the sun in the distance. But right, yeah. It was used really, really well. There was some mm-hmm. really good cinematography. Um, and so... Though which, and which they would praise, like, that praise should go to Carl Weathers because yeah, he was the yeah. one directing this episode and he had some good shots. And I think that 
This one is visually big improvement. Much, big improvement yes. on over uh, his episode last his season. Episode last season, yeah. No, no, no jeans guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if there had been, he would have been teased which, forever. About which, it. by the way, he is the most active part of the cast and crew on Twitter. He is responding to people. He's answering questions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like he's like quote retweeting people and then answering their question a lot. And I'm really surprised with how much he's allowed to get away with because um, uh, someone was like, who, whose idea was it to bring back Ahmed Best? And he was like, it was either John or Dave's. Um, uh, I wasn't in the room. Uh, and then like, like he's not even being mm. careful. Like the others, like <clears throat> John and Dave never tweet. <laughs> they tweet once no. every like year or two. So when they do tweet, the fandom's like, ah! But like no, Carl Weathers is all over Twitter, <laughs> and which is kind of cool that they have someone that they've designated as this is the person that will converse with fans and stuff, and he does a good job of it. <laughs> well, he's so charming. So. Oh yeah, and he's very trustworthy, honest. Mm-hmm. People like him a lot. Um, yeah. The uh, the whole scene with uh, them learning how we actually eat, I thought was a really useful scene. Yeah. Um, talking about. The, the way that Bo-Katan is the party leader, it's her idea, she gets to stay by the fire. That's mm-hmm. cool. Um, small things, but a lot of us have been wondering that since, like, season one. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you know, what do they, do they sleep a certain way? What if they, do they ever shower? They don't go into all or, of that. Or the, or we'll the, the question that, for some reason, the <laughs> fandom decided to fixate on this week was, how do they procreate? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the boy, the discussions were interesting on that one. Some people probably got very creative. They did. Um, they did get very creative. I was like, I was like, guys, remember, this is a kids' show. They don't need to have an answer for that. <laughs> Star Wars in general doesn't need to go there. The furthest they've gone right. is is stuff in Andor, and that and, in, me was and a in the novels, a little too far. Yeah, and the novels yeah, they went the too novels. far as well. Yeah, some of the novels. Um, so one thing I'll say, too, is we see so many grappling hooks in, in animated shows. They work really, really well. We see them just, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. But in live action, it is so much harder to film. Yep. And you have to give props for the way that they filmed that. Mm-hmm. And to all of the people who were stunt people doing all the actual, like, yep. climbing. Because that is, that is a huge challenge. Um, but it was it was well done. It was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It was very adventurous, yep. <clears throat> entertaining. Um, Saturday morning cartoon. The whole, yeah, the whole thing was was short and sweet. Um, they didn't totally drag that out. But what I liked was once they get up, kind of this reveal. They saved the reveal of, but he's my son yeah. for that moment instead of instead of like Vizsla saying early on to the thing. You know, he's very patient, but he's going on the mission and he's focused and he's listening and he's basically following Bo-Katan's plan and everything. I, but when he gets up there, he's like, I am going after my kids. See, you know? I think I think this is where I would have changed it <clears throat> is have him like start going after and they're like, what are you doing? Don't have him answer. Just have him like going after him and then don't reveal that it's his son until after they've saved the boy and Mando... Uh, like the, like Mando flies up and remember he uh, they they got on the ledge and the boy like kind of crawls over to 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 Paz and he hugs mm-hmm. him and says thank you or something like that's when they should have done the reveal 
after the saving, because then you go back and think, no wonder he's so intent on trying to save his son. Like, I think that would have been a more interesting way I to reveal it. I think they saved it for long enough. Because yeah. there's so many times before then. Um, because it puts stakes on the moment. Right. Instead of a random kid, it's the boy. Right. So it brought the stakes to the moment. But I, I don't know. You could make an argument that way. Um, these dinosaur-looking uh, wing raptors. Um, the yeah, I want to see them again. They're kind of ugly. <laughs> they are they're, ugly. They're really, really kind of ugly. Um, but we got apparently several Mando kids that have, have already been eaten. Um, <laughs> e- so anyway, they are able to do the rescue. Really, really cool scene of like the jetpacking over the water. Yeah. And you get such a depth perception. Mm-hmm. It was really cool seeing like the look of this is what it's like to be this high up. And did not you know, feel like the volume in that sequence. No, no, I, I thought. Really, overall, the cinematography just was was really fantastic. Um, and here's another great thing. So we all felt like, you know, Paz Vizsla was a little not receptive towards both Din yeah. and Bo-Katan. Right. Yeah, he's going to be he now. Seems like <clears throat> seems like now Din just saved his son's life, caught him and saved him. And Bo-Katan led, led the whole party to rescue him. Mm-hmm. It's It's, yeah, he may... He may have respect for him now. I love that. I thought it's a great way for that to be patched up. I don't like my my characters that are good guys to be like tension and having you know fighting between them and like right. You know. So I like this. Uh, I mean, sometimes you need it. Like, not every character in Andor is going to get along. Right. Anytime Saw Gerrera's around, he's going to be like, I'm going to do my own thing, Alex Jones." Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That is the perfect so, analogy for um, <laughs> the crazy guy that everyone's like. I mean, you're kind of on our side, but you're not really. Making the freaking, <laughs> freaking quake in monkey lizards game. Monkey lizards. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Everybody. Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> let's get back to. Uh, this cool, this cool stuff. I like, I like, you know, leads us all back to the scene. This is probably the interesting, most interesting scene to me. Um, even though she didn't reveal the Mississaur to Din, yes. she tells the armorer. This is my favorite scene of the episode. I agree. Yes. What? Do you, so go ahead and talk about it. Give me your your thoughts. So in this episode, you or in this scene, you have, you know, they're making uh, her her pauldron. And she says, does it have to be... And she says, oh, do you want the, the, the owl? Uh, and she says, actually, what if I got uh, a mythosaur? And they're like, well, sure, you, anyone, any Mando can get... It's, it's for all Mandos. It's like, if you don't have a special crest, use the, use the mythosaur. But she's like, no, I saw one. She's like, ah, oh, yeah, you've got a vision. That's pretty nice. And then she says, no, I saw one. And she's like, okay. Like, like I don't... I don't have a full read on the armor, whether the armor 100% mm-hmm. believes Bo or whether the armor is just kind of like, if you want to believe that, you can believe that. And hey, it's making you more interested in our cause. So I don't have a problem with that. So I don't know if it's that or if she is legitimately, yeah, you probably saw a mythosaur. I just don't know what is, is my question is, is the armor more of a political conniving type character and she's doing no. all of this for the power or is she a true believer? And 
I'm guessing that they're going to make her a true believer. But I think that there's a little bit of political conniving in her that she would maybe not believe Bo, but still go along with it because Bo will be part of the, their clan. So I don't know, but that just, that whole sequence I thought was excellently shot. The music was well done. And of course they are just hitting us over the head with the mythosaur has to come back. Maybe Mm -hmm. in this season, maybe in the next season, but it has to come Mm -hmm. back. You cannot, you cannot do it like this and not bring it back. Well, just the two characters interacting. Yeah. It's so much, behind it, the ideals they both represent. Mm-hmm. And Bo-Katan's really her development. Like, isn't it really cool to see her now starting to believe? Yep. I think she is. I think she's getting along with them. Mm-hmm. She's changed her mind. Really, the moment she saw the Mythosaur was the breaking point. But all before then, the things that Mando had been saying kind of softened her up. Um, the respect for her dad, a lot of things. And when it comes down to it, like... She changed in that moment seeing it, and I don't think that the armorer, like, sees her as some kind of rival. She welcomed her really, really easily, and through this conversation, I think she's all kind of like, you know, seeing potential in Bo-Katan more than she thought, too. So I think the armorer's job, she sees herself as somebody to help guide and help lead other people to answers and sometimes to clarify things as a keeper of knowledge and a keeper of lore, but not somebody who's like trying and having control. I I really disagree with people whose takes are are the other way. If it turns out that way, fine, but I don't feel like the foreshadowing matches those. Yeah. Do I think that the armor believes, you know, that really, she really saw one. Well, when she says this is the way, I think she's like, okay, well, I believe that you really believe that you saw one. Right, right, um, yes. So <clears throat> so maybe you did. Maybe so. Um, but what it would mean, that'll, that'll come up. Uh, yeah. I just, they, I, I'm sorry to say it, but, <laughs> but the two of them kind of stole this episode. Like oh, Dinjar yeah. did nothing this episode. Yeah. <laughs> he was, and it's he kinda, was really a background and really good character. So. There's, there's, you know, it, it's kind of interesting that it coincided that this season is not as much Din focused. And yet mm-hmm. that's also happens to be the season that he went to, that, that Pedro Pascal went to go shoot last of us. So it's kind of oh, like, it's just reminding me. I haven't seen the last episode. I need to go and watch it. <laughs> the last of the last of us, yeah. Before it gets yeah. even more weird. Um, yeah. Season two. <laughs> if you thought, yep. you thought episode three was good interesting, it's about to get more interesting. Anyway. Mm, um, yeah, I've heard. So. Yes, oh, but, <laughs> but, but the point is that, so I'm like, this is just interesting. That it, it makes sense. It totally makes sense why Pedro had the time to go shoot Last of Us, because his character has so little here, and he doesn't even have to be on set. He just has to do the voice here. So maybe he'll take his helmet off later on in this ep- season. But for right now, yeah, it's it's not like it's requiring that much of Pedro. He has to take it off at some point this season. But I think, then again, I mean, he can take it off in front of Grogu, because Grogu is in his clan. If you the think two so? of them are alone. Yeah. Okay. He is, like... Armorer's rules said that 
members of the same clan can take their helmets off for immediate family. That's a rule. Okay. If you remember. I don't remember that line. You didn't but know? Th- I, you don't I'll, remember I'll have to go back <clears throat> and rewatch it. Cause, but, but if that's the rule, okay, good. That means we can we can see that. Yeah. So so that's a thing. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it's just he, he would have to be alone. Um, yeah. Okay. In terms of rating system, this... So if I were to go based off of like, you know, just the cool factor of everything, it would go really high. It's it's paced pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Overall, it's short. Um, and when you think about it, not that much happened yeah. to further the plot. And yet quite a few things did happen That's exactly that right. are important. Yes. So... <clears throat> You know, one of the things I really liked was the was the line, uh, "One does not speak unless one knows." Yeah, and I hope they keep using that. It's print. not quite so as that catchy was a good line. as "This is the way," but I think they'll use it a little bit. I would say directing was very good. Maybe a nine out of ten for mm-hmm. really good directing. Um, <clears throat> writing. Yeah. Probably more like a seven. Yeah. Like at the at the tops. Uh, <laughs> and acting and, would be like know. an eight. Yeah. So yeah, I'll. I, yeah, well, I'd give I it mean. A, yeah. I'd give it an eight overall. Overall. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Maybe I'm maybe a seven point five for me, just because it just doesn't hit like some of the other episodes do. But that was very very solidly well done, very enjoyable. I hear the next episode is longer. Um, then again, but 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 we heard that this episode, like the the like, once they, they usually leak the times, and when they leaked the time for the first episode of the season, they were right, and then they leaked the time for the second episode, and they were right, and then this time they said, oh, this episode is gonna be forty one minutes, and then it was thirty minutes, and so they were wrong, and then for the next episode they said again forty one minutes, so I'm like, okay, but once bitten, you know, am I gonna am I gonna believe it? Uh, this time so I'm hoping that it is longer Uh, but I'm just hoping it's a very exciting episode and of course moves the plot forward so the next episode is going to be directed by Peter Ramsey yes who is the director of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse which is a phenomenal movie people loved that film Um, back Years ago, he did Minority Report, right? Great movie, right? Um, yeah, those those are really popular. Things like that. Um, he directed one of the Shrek movies, um, or he really? he worked on he worked on he, worked he didn't on, direct not, not directed no, directed he no. directed Monsters vs Aliens. His uh, his work TV on Minority movie. Report was not as a director either. Right. It was it was just as a uh, storyboarder, I believe. But um, anyway. His big directorial debut, I think, was Rise of the Guardians, and I yeah. didn't see that, but I, I did, did love Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Think. Yeah, yeah. Spider, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is his claim to fame, and will be his... Oh, gosh, yeah. It will, will be his It's a phenomenal card. movie. Yeah. And so I'm excited. I think the potential is there for him to uh, join a really good cast of directors, and uh, thrilled for the, you know, maybe the back half of this season, we get a whole lot more direction. Um, yeah, it does feel like we've gotten a whole lot of setup. So yeah. 
man, this this next week, I'm just hoping for that banger episode that we're just like, yes, we needed this so but bad. Even, but this even if amazing. we don't, even if we don't, we're getting two episodes of Bad Batch this week. We're getting the finale in two drops at once. Are two you drops kidding at me? once. Oh. Not, yeah, we had two Bad Batch episodes. <sighs> so we will oh, have boy. a good. We will have a good. I'm I'm very confident we'll have a good Star Wars episode this week, regardless oh, yeah. of how Mando happens. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Um, man, any speculation for kind of the finale? Are we going to see probably Crosshair, re- re- you know, uh, rescued, rejoins yeah. the crew? Mm-hmm. Everybody keeps talking about how like, oh, one of the gro- one of the Bad Batch is going to die. They think it's Echo. Oh, it's Tech. It's got to be Tech because they've done all this development. I'm like. Mm-hmm. Please don't kill any of these guys Nobody, off. No, don't kill Please. any of them. No. None of them. I, I really, I, mean, I, I really, as I'm going through the cast, I'm like, I, they, can't, they can't kill Echo. They can't kill um, Tech. They can't kill Hunter. They can't kill Crosshair. They can't kill, I mean, they could kill Wrecker, but that would just be a waste to kill Wrecker. No. Um, I, think, I think of all of the ones, the one that they might kill would be Hunter, but... They um, shouldn't. Not now. It's not. They're not in the right point yet. No, they're they're not there. Like Hunter, I think Hunter should die by the end of the series, but we're not there yet. Mm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I want to see Crosshair reunited. I want to see uh, you know Senator Chuchi have some role to play in helping. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to see Cody and Rex teaming up. Yeah. And, um, you know, Wouldn't probably leading cool? a whole bunch of clones together. Yeah. Uh, at you know, last last second. Uh, yeah. It it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Well, that's all we got to say. That's all I got to say anyway about yeah. this week's stuff. Uh, short episodes, but I enjoyed all of them. And yes. isn't it great? I just wish we had <sighs> all year round so much so much Star Wars to talk about. And, yeah. And so much great and stuff. And we're really to, close to, to we're really close to celebration. Indeed, we are starting to get close. Um getting that uh you know skull trailer uh skeleton troops, not skull. Skeleton, skeleton crew trailer. Skeleton crew, yeah. Probably 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 more along the lines Ahsoka of Ahsoka like, trailer. Ahsoka will be a real trailer. Skeleton crew might be like a teaser behind the scenes right uh footage and stuff like that and we'll get at the very least we'll get a date on it and we'll get three movies that may or may not come out (laughs) jokes 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 (laughs) oh man i i I worry about the yeah the movie department it's the silver screen department is it's basically become one big uh uh game of uh boy who cried wolf (sighs) the boy who cried star wars movie yeah. Ooh, that's. I ooh, think they should. Ooh, I have a YouTube video <laughs> idea now. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't announce it until we are sure. And it's actually being filmed. Yes, unless until it's um, being or or just say the cast is locked and the script is locked. If both of those is the case, I'll be fine. But if you just say we have a director and a writer, I'm like, no, nope, that's not enough. And for that matter, please Star Wars video games the same way because. Yes. You already did me really dirty on this whole Nazi the Old Republic remake. And then, oh, wait, well, we're going to put that on hold. And the whole Star Wars Eclipse thing, like, yeah, that was it's uh, going nowhere. And you put out this big trailer like it's going nowhere, as we kind of expected. But like, come on, stop announcing stuff. Although I do believe they're having a, a panel that on, on Eclipse 
uh, at Celebration. I really hope so. they do. I hope something comes of it, but all I hear is that it's it's not going anywhere yeah. yet. That they're like, oh yeah, we we did that trailer, but we're definitely like five six years away from the game. I'm like what? That's just that's take just me to nuts. the planet that's of Interstellar, wrong. and I'll just wait till it comes out. Right, you know? right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what's wrong. Anyway, all right. You yep. can find us on Roll Simplecast. Roll us on out of there. You find us on Simplecast, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, all that stuff. You can find our Facebook page, Two Sons of Tatooine, my YouTube channel, Jonathan Cohn. And you can find our, um, I guess that's the other thing. So, until next time, I'm Jonathan. And I am your father. I mean, I, I, I am in Pro. I mean, Nathan. Be, I mean, yes. That'd be. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> Goodbye.